want to see. And Dobby, the tenth reindeer, knew just where he'd be. Come with me, said Dobby, taking them by the hand. Let's visit Santa's grotto, his winter wonderland. Bring your little ones to meet Santa at Dobby's Garden Centres. Grotto tickets are eleven ninety nine and include a toy from brands such as Lego or Big Jigs. Book now at Dobby's.com. Dobby's, where Christmas comes together. Toy brands subject to availability. Have lots of festive fun at Glasgow Royal Concert Hall. Book now for the Christmas Spectacular, the ultimate Christmas party. Play Clyde One on your smart speaker, mobile and your radio across Glasgow and the West. This, this is Clyde One. The SNP and the Lib Dems have lost a legal challenge against ITV over its refusal to host the party's leaders in an election debate tomorrow night. High court judges say the channel isn't breaking the rules with its planned head-to-head between Boris Johnson and Jeremy Corbyn. But the SNP's Westminster leader Ian Blackford says it's unacceptable. What is the most important, the first debate that's taking place tomorrow night? One where many people that are undecided, those that perhaps are not engaged in politics on a day-to-day basis, will take their opinions from that first debate. And it is absolutely outrageous that the Scottish National Party, the third party in Westminster, are not permitted to take place in that debate. A woman's in hospital after being knocked down near a Bears Den primary school. It happened around 10 past four this afternoon, close to St Nicholas on Duntalker Road. Her condition isn't yet known and the road remains closed. Now there's concern staff shortages are putting cancer survival rates in Scotland in jeopardy. Around one in five patients weren't seen within the six-week target during June, according to a Scottish Parliament cross-party report. Labour MSP Anna Sarwar is a member of the group. I think quite often our public debate is, is fixated on, on the, the money debate about the resource, when in actual fact I think the biggest challenge in our NHS is the workforce because we're asking too few people to do too much work. The Scottish Government says it's spending £100 million on improving survival rates. It's emerged a number of companies are reviewing their associations with Prince Andrew following his TV interview about paedophile friend Jeffrey Epstein. KPMG's understood to have decided against renewing its sponsorship of the Duke of York scheme for young entrepreneurs. From next year, child witnesses in Scotland will have the option to pre-record their evidence for court. It'll be rolled out for the most severe cases initially, such as murder, trafficking and sex abuse. And it seems fewer of us are getting on with our neighbours nowadays. That's despite three in five people surveyed saying they're quiet and courteous. The best neighbourly traits include keeping an eye on the house during holidays, not being nosy and taking in parcels. Weather with Waterman Solicitors. From road accidents to workplace injuries. Waterman's put it right. A dry evening ahead and it'll be very cold overnight with long clear spells and lows of minus three. That's the latest. I'm Selena Jackson. 0141-951-1025 It's time to talk football It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hello and welcome to Monday's Clyde One Super Scoreboard It is Stephen Mill in for Gordon Duncan We will hear from the wee man in the next 20 minutes So don't worry, we haven't kidnapped him We will be back later on in the week We are in the middle of a Scotland double header of course Part 1 is complete after a 2-1 win out in Cyprus Thanks to Ryan Christie and John McGinn And a lack of goal line technology and Nicosia as well It's Kazakhstan up next tomorrow at Hamden But really, all eyes are on the playoffs in March But should the SPFL cease hostilities uh, for a weekend For the benefit of the national interest after all we are all Scotland fans aren't we in the studio tonight I have with me Alex Ray and Hugh Evans. it's like this in an ideal world 
there would be a week-long training camp for Scotland ahead of the Euro 2020 playoff semi-final in March. But we live in a wee world of our own up here. There are more people, in my belief, who would rather see their team win the league title this season than care whether or not Scotland qualify for Euro 2020. Club football trumps international football every time. And the irony is that the only way Scotland can improve is to have things like these unscheduled training camps. But the football fans, particularly those of Celtic and Rangers, are not having it. Yeah, I think in an ideal world, Hugh, you are absolutely right in terms of, you know, you would like to get that time to try and get the international uh, group uh, together to, to go through the qualifiers. But... I think with the importance and particularly the you know the timing of it all, it'd be extremely difficult to to try and get that uh, to happen. In terms of the weekend, you I thought back to back wins for Steve Clark. Oh. He couldn't ask. We spoke a few weeks ago about the importance of getting that get into the game tomorrow night, and it's an opportunity, regardless of what Steve Clark says, it's an opportunity for revenge on the, the disappointment of the three 0 defeat in last March. And yeah. before the Celtic Rangers fans, Stephen, think, oh, you're always blaming us. I wouldn't have the camp for one simple reason. Kieran Tierney can't get there Andy Robertson can't get there McGinn. Scott McTominay can't get there John McGinn can't get there All the big hitters that we have From England's Premier League Can't get there Because they've got fixtures that weekend And there's no chance in this world Of any of those guys Being allowed up here for a training camp if you agree or disagree, you can get in touch at Clyde SSB on Twitter or you can pick up the phone and give us a call to vent your frustrations or your agreement on 0141 951 1025. Elsewhere today, Jack Ross was unveiled as the Hibs boss as well. Is he the right man to take the high bees back in the right direction after the disaster that was Paul Heckingbottom? We'll hear from him a little bit later on in the show. But let's start by talking about our performances and howlers and best goals of the weekend. We will continue that. Hugh, would you like to go first? I'll take the result of the weekend Rangers under 21s 2 Wrexham nil. They're into the last four of the Challenge Cup And there were over 5,500 people at Ibrooks To see that game at the weekend I think if Rangers got to the final Of the Challenge Cup They, they could break the 25,000 barrier For me it was a Scotland result uh... Can you imagine the backlash we would have tonight <laughs> if they had lost over in Cyprus? Yeah. And, you know, I know uh, it wasn't a vintage uh, performance, but the result is more important at this present time. In terms of a goal of the weekend, Hugh? Timu Puki. What? Yes. He scored twice for Finland to beat Liechtenstein <laughs> 3-0. And Finland thereby qualified for Euro 2020, the first time I've ever been to a major competition. Timu Puki, the man who, when he was at Celtic, couldn't have kicked doors at Halloween. For me, it was uh, Ryan Kisty's goal. I thought it was at right out of the top drawer. Execution, you know, he was brilliant coming off the line and it just gave us that little lift that we needed. It was a cracking strike. Timo Puki, just for a second, he got nine goals in 38 appearances for Celtic. Really, that's one in just... One, one and three. four. One and four. So yeah, it's not, it's not a great statistic. But since then, he's got 36 and 56 for Norwich. And he's got 20 goals in 75 for Finland. He's been sensational for Norwich. Yeah. Uh, I remember some of his appearances for Celtic. And he just looked fish out of water, caught in the wrong movie, rabbit in the headlights, use any cliche that you wish. Uh, but he's been sensational for Norwich. And it's a wonderful achievement for Finland. And congratulations to him. 
And Ryan Christie, I think uh, well deserving yes. of the best goal of the weekend. It was a cracking strike, and actually, all three goals in that yeah, match, Cyprus's goal yeah. was fantastic. But even Scotland's winning goal, which yes. was from John McGinn, which is his fourth goal in two internationals, it uh, was really well worked. Great play by Forrest and tailored in the left hand side, and a cracking finish as well. It was a really well constructed goal, and I think the way that he guided it, you know, because the pace was on the cross, you, you know, you just guide mm-hmm. it back into the corner where it came from. I thought it was a brilliant goal, yeah. and it was needed at that time because Cyprus were really starting to ramp up the pressure in terms of where we go from here it's Kazakhstan tomorrow night it's not you know I think you described it a little bit earlier on Hugh in office as the most dead rubber match you've ever yeah, heard yeah, of yeah it's a dead rubber of all dead rubbers uh, the weather is diabolical it's a school night uh, there's nothing to be gained other than a little bit of prestige three wins in a row for the first time in three years uh, but it's hard to sell that to the public. It, it really is. I don't know what the crowd is expected to be tomorrow night, but I don't think it will be. Yeah. I don't think it will be a lot, Alex Ray. No, but I think when you take uh, into consideration that we said a couple of weeks ago that we felt as if we had to win the three games uh, to try and get some sort of momentum going into these playoffs, I think if you said to Steve Clark it's a dead rubber, he would be total opposite due to the fact is if they lose, mm. the pressure comes on him for starters, and then you start questioning, we go back to square one. If he wins, you're thinking, right, okay, we've got something going back in. But I think the important important thing tomorrow night also is the performance. Yeah. Let's hear from the manager, Steve Clark. He was speaking to the press today. For me, football's never about revenge. It's all about the game coming up. Uh, what happened before happened before. We we want to finish the, the campaign on a positive for ourselves. We want to finish third in the in the section, which is the best we can do now. And, and that's what we'll be focusing on. We wanted to produce a big win against one of the the top two seeds in the group we didn't manage to do that uh, so the, the next best thing for us is to, is to secure the third spot let's go to our first caller of the night it's Archie <laughs> from Shawlands and I uh, have a wee uh, blade on the background there Archie uh, you're live on Clive One, uh, Clive One Super Scoreboard hey what's your point you want to talk about Scotland yeah yeah just about the apathy there Hugh Keevans how, how honestly cheer up Hugh we win a game we've won two in the row we've gone for three in the row try and sell the match for heaven's sake what I would say is uh, Stephen Clark's doing a good job now. When he first got the job, I phoned up and they say Scotland's fortune will change under this manager because he knows what he's doing. And even the players are coming out and saying they know what he's, he's doing and he's a good manager. OK, we've only beat Cyprus and we've only beat San Marino and we'll probably beat Kazakhstan tomorrow. But you need confidence in football. And confidence is a great thing. And hopefully, when we get to next year, we'll have the, the absentees all suddenly appear because they've got a chance to qualify for a, a championships. When they should have been there in the first place. Oh, cheer up, Archie. They were there. They were there. They weren't there because they were injured. They couldn't be there. Yeah, that's what they say anyway. That's what the foreign managers will say. Oh, you're so cynical, Archie. Really <laughs> and truly. <laughs> I think if you could both. Do you not get Archie's point, though? Is, uh, should you be a wee bit enthusiastic? It could be three wins on the spin. You. Yeah, I, I was the one who raised that point. First time in three years. However, we're only assessing. Things on a game by game basis, and it's a hard sell for the SFA. It's not my job to sell it, it's the SFA's job to sell it, and it's a hard sell for them because of the way the group has progressed. The best we can do is to finish up where we were seated, which is third, but that is not a box office attraction for people. I think uh, when you listen to Steve Clark there as well, actually, he was talking about, you know, third spot, you know, in terms of the, the qualifications, you know, Belgium and Russia was always going to be a hard task I think they're doing what they're doing uh, and they will finish third in the group 
In terms of the absentees I think that's an interesting one I would invoke uh, The players If they Thought that they could Pitch up four or five days later And play for their teams I would invoke it Because it's mm. getting to the stage Now under Alec McLeish Players were going Oh wait a minute You know uh, They don't want to play for him And so forth And now it's the injury things Invoke it So put the rule in place And then if they're not Pitching up they're not fit for the their team in the in the, uh, the coming weekend. Archie, would you invoke that law if you were in charge as well? Yeah, I'd invoke them all because they're all bloody useless anyway. They play for us and keep getting beat. All these big players, <laughs> the wee players are the best. But what I will say is, come on, Archie, stop being negative. We're trying to talk the game <laughs> up. Will, right, what cheer up, Archie. <laughs> what I will say is, before Christmas comes, I'm going to send Hugh Keevans a big teddy bear. Oh, oh very you. nice I can pass you, it on to one of my granddaughters You've just missed his birthday Archie You, you, you could have got something in last week You like teddy bears Archie <laughs> <laughs> Oh no I don't you start that <laughs> Right Archie thanks very much for giving us a call pal Thank you very much uh, In terms of what's happening on at Clyde SSB as well Stephen's uh, given us a shout Hugh Keevans couldn't be any more wrong Are you the Kazakhstan game The confidence going into these qualifiers next week Is immeasurable Poor call they're, they're, well, they're not going to qualify us next week. Not until March. Not until March. Yes. So get your calendar right. Uh, <laughs> I agree with Stevie Clark. It's nothing to do with revenge. Uh, all the trouble started in Kazakhstan. A three nothing defeat. It contributed towards Alec McLeish losing his job. It brought Stevie Clark in. Uh, but we're not exactly going to be holding open top bus parades if we beat Kazakhstan. Uh, it's simply the end to a group that did not go as well as we had hoped Yeah, would you agree with that though in terms of We're going to finish third That's probably, if you look at Russia and Belgium They are stronger yeah, than us Without so. a doubt, without a doubt No, I, 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 listen, it's an interesting one about revenge But you do want, it's a strong word, revenge you know, sort of, oh. But what you do want to do is you want to turn them over Because you want to show that that was a one-off You know, uh, you know, We were expected to go and beat them over there However, you're coming back to Hamden. Yeah, I reckon it'll be about twenty thousand or so there, possibly Hugh. You know, depending mm. if they can get some of the. Kids I'm, look, I'm looking at the bigger picture, Alec. You know, what will it take to make us do better than finish where we were seeded? Because that, in harsh terms, is basically standing still. Mm. You know, the, the the trick is to finish higher than you were seeded, and then we might get somewhere for the first time in twenty two years. <sighs> I think we've still got defensive deficiencies Me too To worry about And we do need a We are crying out for a striker The problem is He simply does not exist uh, I can't think of anyone Other than Lee Griffiths But Lee Griffiths has played five games In the calendar year Five Yeah. Therefore he's away a away yet If we had a striker Of a prolific nature and a central defensive partnership And it could complement what we have in midfield yep. Which is a pretty wide array of talent Then we'd be on our way But I cannot for the life of me think of where we get them Hugh and myself were having a wee chat Because you turned to me and said Eamon Brophy's been called yeah. up to the squad And I had this exact same conversation with my mate earlier on And he was like Eamon Brophy, you know I mean, is, is that where we're at? And I went Who else would you call up? No, I think that's a, a good question in terms of who you could uh, call up now. I think uh, Burnley come on the other day, uh, you know, a £20 million striker who isn't playing. You know, I'm looking at your face here, Stephen, and it's <laughs> yeah. not as if you're infused with that, that option. But when you look at McBurney, the level, even if you take last year's 
uh, exploits 24 goals I think you got in the championship Hugh oh. and then you look at Brophy I still feel as if there's a big gap for Brophy to even get to that level so it doesn't excite me either and I take mm-hmm. Hugh's point on board and I said this for a long long time Hugh even under Alex McLeish if you don't have a striker how do you win games? Yeah. Our good fortune is that Christy um, in, I hate the, the expression false number nine um, because false for me means fake mm-hmm. um, Christy is able to score Forrest is able to score um, And John McGinn Who's got five goals And five international appearances now uh, It's just as well we have them Exactly This is where we are at this stage We're probably going to finish third All things considered Unless we get beat tomorrow night uh, At home to Kazakhstan And somehow Cyprus uh, Beat Belgium That's where we are in this group Looking forward to March then The draw is this coming Friday We will play at Hamden in March Either Israel Bulgaria Or Romania It's a one-off tie At Hamden Surely If you want to be qualifying For major tournaments That shouldn't hold many fears for you Those three teams I don't think we're Entitled to take that view Stephen Simply for the reason that we've, we've let ourselves down so often in the past uh, I would agree with you that at Hamden With a good crowd behind us We would have to start as favourites Surely we have not receded To the extent that you wouldn't be favourites against Romania At Hamden or Israel uh, So if we could find someone to stick the ball in it, I'd feel happier. But I still think we would beat any of those. Israel, we already beat yes. last year in the Nations Cup, of course, Alex. Uh, any fears there for you? No, when you, when you take into consideration you know, the, that we beat them last year. Uh, I see Bulgaria got a decent result, I think, that the weekend there against the Czech Republic, who are, are not a bad outfit. Romania, I'm not, I haven't got a chance to see too much of them recently. But on paper, you would like to think, but come back to Hugh's point, you know, I think in any given day, I think there's a... You know, a banana skin in there But the fact that you're at home Surely you would have a fighting chance Yeah, Israel obviously beat us away from home In that yeah. uh, UEFA Nations League If we if we, we go hypothetical And we manage to get through that tie We will then have an either home or away tie Again, just a one-off game Against Norway or Serbia Now again, at home That shouldn't hold too many fears for us Hugh. Are you going to be positive about this one? Um, I'm trying to be positive <laughs> I'm also... Perhaps scarred by the last 22 years of non-qualification And the things that have gone wrong I think we will qualify um, Despite the shortcomings in central defence and up front I believe in Steve Clark and his uh, sense of organisation I believe in Christie and Ryan Jack and John McGinn And James Forrest and Callum McGregor I believe with that handful there's always hope yeah, I think when you mentioned uh, Serbia there, I think Serbia won the World Cup under-20s a couple of years ago, so they've got some emerging talent. Uh, so again, it'd be difficult. Well, you, did you actually say that the, the, the second leg is at Hamden as well? No, it's a draw for that, so right, we'll find okay. out on Friday it's going to be drawn home they or toss away. toss a coin, don't they? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. So uh, Well, listen, I think if we had either Norway or Serbia at home, Hugh, you would like to think a full house with a kind of... Possibilities of going to a major tournament For the first time in 20 years uh-huh. You would have the Tartan Army rocking yeah. On the back eight Because you would have four wins in the bounce If we can get a result tomorrow night So there would be momentum going into that 
there is also a Norwegian striker I'd like to point out as well. He plays for uh, RB Salzburg and he's scored five hat tricks so far this season. He's 19 years old. He's six foot four. His name's Erling Braut Halland and he's, he's the decent next, player. Him. He's a no bad player. He's a no bad player. So uh, maybe come next March we might be discussing him. But this is the question we're asking tonight. In terms of, would you rather? the Scottish national team qualify for a major tournament and all the benefits that that brings for Scottish football or are you single track minded on your club winning a trophy or if it's Celtic or Rangers winning the league if you had that choice put in front of you right now what would you do? Hugh Evans, what do you think? I think Celtic and Rangers fans would rather win the league than Scotland qualified If that was a choice <laughs> What a terrible question If you're a Rangers or Celtic fan You are categoric What you want your club football yeah. the team to win that uh, Without a doubt Do you not want to You know it would benefit The entire country though If Scotland qualified for a major tournament It's going to be here Euro 2020 is going to be here In Glasgow When we uh, when we uh, do the International breaks you uh, And they're finished The excitement leading back up to the domestic football supersedes where we are at the moment for me because if you look at for me there is an apathy about Scottish national team and there's an excitement about the league this year I think the league's more uh, prevalent Celtic and Rangers fans find the international break an irritation they do I'm sure and that's why they're phoning right now on 0141 at 951 1025 there has been a suggestion that the SBFL might give the weekend before the playoffs a complete blank so that Steve Clark will have that time we mentioned it at the top of the show if you have an opinion on that then you can call us right now on 0141 951 1025 should Steve Clark get that extra time to possibly take Scotland into a major tournament in the first time in more than 20 years we will discuss that and we'll hear from more from the Scotland manager after we get the latest on the roads with Amber Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Road Accident Solicitors the compensation you deserve when you've been sidelined talk to thompsons.com Welcome back to Clyde One Super Scoreboard It is Stephen Mill in for Gordon Duncan Alex Ray and Hugh Keevans in the studio and on the line right now the aforementioned Gordon Duncan how you doing mate? Hi guys, first time caller <laughs> Gordon from Motherwell I should have gave you the proper intro there uh, So listen, explain to people What has happened if they haven't been on your social media Why I'm here and you're not Basically Right, how long have you got? You're going to have to extend the show To get the, the full story in So if, you, if I can take you back to Thursday night When I was feeling suitably smug I was on my way to Glasgow Airport I was going to Dubai for a few days Thinking, what a joy Imagine swapping staring at Mark Wilson and Gordon DL for the chance to go to Dubai. Feeling great about myself, uh, apart from a little bit of pain in my stomach, uh, which turned out to be appendicitis. Made it as far as the front door of Glasgow Airport. Turned around, uh, and by Friday evening, I had had the appendix removed, and I'm now in my sick bed. So there we go. Well, you see, I was going to buy you grapes, but then <laughs> they said, that, oh, he's not coming in, he's just doing it on the phone, so I kept the money. Yeah. <laughs> not surprised to hear that. Gordon, when I actually seen the picture of your uh, bed uh, on social media, I was going, that's got to be the worst uh, room in Dubai. It was, it was a shocking picture. Well, the worst, of it, the worst of it is I then had to sit and watch the Scotland game in the hospital ward, so that you can imagine what I was doing for my blood pressure, watching some of that defending as well. So, it's an interesting weekend, to say the least. All right, then. The question is, mm. would you rather Motherwell won the league... Scotland qualified for Euro 2020 I cannot believe you What what has this show become In my absence Is that is that is that the level of debate we're getting into um, 
Oh my goodness. Now I, I am a passionate Scottish football fan, a passionate Scotland fan, I should say, as you well know. Uh-huh. Given given the likelihood, I, could, oh, oh, I couldn't I couldn't vote against the steel men on that one. I don't think. Nah, I couldn't. I couldn't. I never lived with myself. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I rest <laughs> my case. Well, listen, uh, my finger was hovering over the dump button there, Gordon. I've uh, been getting used to that over the last few days. But hopefully you'll be back very soon, right? You're not going to leave me here for too long. Especially before... i tell you what, right? If it gets that bad, we'll just send Gordon DL and Mark Wilson round to your house on Thursday. How about that? But I think that could be that could be a shout. I know Gordon DL would love that. He would save, save a bit on his petrol money. He's, he likes a good bargain, as you well know. So uh, we'll see how we go. A fitness test over the next couple of days. And uh, see how we get on. Excellent. Big right. recovery, Gordon. Exactly. Uh, yeah, <laughs> get well soon. And, uh, you'll Have a good back. one. Right. Cheers, Gordon. Thanks very much. That's Gordon from Motherwell there uh, on the line. Uh, back to Scotland then. So that's Gordon's opinion. He'd rather Motherwell win the league. So what do you think? 0141 951 1025. Would you forego a league title or, you know, like I'm a Dunfermline fan, so we are realistically never going to win the league title. But, Correct. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> we, might, we might win a Scottish Cup in our time. It's happened before. Uh, I don't know how I would feel You know you've got Scotland's Scotland, Scotland It's the national That's what we want We want a buzz about The national team again Don't we I don't, I don't doubt that there is one uh, But it's a, a muted buzz At the moment Yeah, They need to get A better side uh, A more exciting side uh, but Steve Clark is doing the best with what he has at his disposal. This is what he had to say when it was put to him late, uh, a little bit earlier on at the press conference about whether the SPFL should aid him and give him a free weekend before the playoffs. You want the, the governing bodies to do all they can to help. We understand, everybody understands that there may be some restrictions in there. But I think where there's a will, there's a way. But for now, the, the most important thing for me is to concentrate on the game tomorrow night and make sure that we have a good win and a good performance. I think this is this is more a discussion for having after we after we have the playoff the, the draw everybody knows whether it's two home games whether it's a home game and an away game so I, I think rather than speaking about that before what I feel and maybe some people don't feel but I feel is a very important fixture for us uh, tomorrow night I think it's, it's better to speak after I think before we lump all of this onto the shoulders of the SPFL and, and everybody likes to give Neil Doncaster a, a going over at every opportunity before we do that I go back to the point You won't get The English contingent And they are big players Tierney, Robertson, McTominay Again They are big players And and they're not coming here They they will not be allowed To leave Arsenal And Man U And Liverpool To come up here For a training camp So for me The training camp Would be rendered meaningless Also The Saturday before The training camp Would theoretically begin Rangers play Celtic at Ibrox on the 14th of March. Now, regardless of the outcome of that game, the tension is going to be rising to an almost unbearable level in the title race. And then you're going to tell the supporters, actually there's no league football next weekend, Scotland are having a training camp. For that reason, and because the English contingent are unavailable, it's a non-starter. I think it becomes extremely difficult when you're excluding four or five of your key players when you're trying to do preparation, set plays, shadow and so forth. But I can totally understand why Steve Clark would try and get the boys for longer because it's in his interest. You know, he may be able to put some things together uh, and then integrate the boys when they do pitch up. But uh, I, I do not see it happening. I just think it's really difficult to facilitate. Joel from Rob Royston has joined us on the line you are on Clyde One Super Scoreboard you're a Celtic fan but you'd love to see Scotland a major tournament wouldn't you Joe? 
Yeah, absolutely. I, this is the start high panel. I always do it on the show. Aye, Joe. Um, but no, definitely. If I'd been a Scotland fan, I would do it. Absolutely, I'd so do absolutely anything to see Scotland qualify for a major tournament. It's. Um, I don't think there's. I think there's been a lack of patriotism when it comes to supporting Scotland. I go to most of the games. I can't even try and travel to away matches. And there's just been a different. There isn't that buzz that we, way that it used to be. But that's caused by non-success. I think. I don't think it's caused by a lack of patriotism. Um, attendances will fall at club yeah. grounds if the team's not successful. Attendances will fall at international matches if Scotland are not successful. Uh, people will remain patriotic, but they prefer to see a winning team, Joe. Absolutely. I, I, I do want to see Celtic obviously win 10 in a row. I think that would be, that would be fantastic for the club. And for Scottish football to see a, a, my team do so successfully, but would you sacrifice it, Joe? Yeah, I, I would. I mean, how much a lot of people might disagree with that. Scotland is Scotland. It's your home. It's 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 everything. You know I mean, and, and, and to not the club, the club will do well, but to have the country not do well in 22, 23 years, uh, we we definitely need to qualify. And I, I think the whole nation needs to support that. You're an honest man and a magnanimous man, but I think you're a minority, minority man. <laughs> and uh, are you going tomorrow night, Joe? I'm going tomorrow night. Yes, I've been even been lucky enough to my boss to let me off the um, the Wednesday. So hopefully it will be festivities once we beat Kazakhstan. Well, f- fingers crossed, absolutely. Yeah, so uh, Joe, I'm not sure. I think I might be with, with, you, with you or Alex here. I think that most Celtic fans might not agree with you. If you do not agree with Joe, who would sacrifice 10 in a row to see Scotland qualify for a major tournament, it's 01419511025. What are you looking for from tomorrow night's match, Joe? Are you looking for just an improved performance ahead of the playoffs in March? De- definitely uh, It'd be good to kind of see our defence Getting sorted out Some definitely high pressure moments Or from past month from Saturday uh, I'd like to see a comfortable one Even to try and keep a clean seat it would, ma- it would be a must for Steve Carr I can definitely see him saying that And he's And he's uh, Talked before the game is, is putting that key point across there Just getting the job done We've got the quality in the middle And like I say We have got the options up top But we need to secure that defence that, I think that's our main one To protect that 18 yard box And make it a fortress Especially at Hamden yeah, they're going to have to do that, Joe, because if they eventually get to play uh, Serbia, you know, you look at some of the players, I've got the boy Mitrovic playing up top for him. He's a very good player. I saw him at close hand when he was at uh, Anderlecht when I was over there. So you've got him, you've got the boy Tadic, who's a decent footballer as well. Uh, you've got the boy Malenkovic for the middle of the park. So they have to sort the back door. It looks a wee bit kind of... Mm-hmm. Dishevelled at the moment You know they get turned inside out Several times the other day And I think that's partly because of The amount of changes That's happening in that area Hugh. Yeah We still have the famous five though McGinn Jack Christie Forrest McGregor And let me say The famous six Naismith Naismith did a great job In his 50th cap We have the players going forward To beat Kazakhstan uh, And then The whole thing Literally goes into cold storage uh, because it's March that becomes important. Yeah. As long as they finish on a high note tomorrow, and with those six players, that's eminently possible. And then we'll deal with March when March comes. 
Big debate on at Clyde SSB as well. I'm not sure how this guy supports, but his uh, handle is another season, another treble. Uh, so yet another pointless, useless international break. As if we didn't have enough of these useless, pointless internationals, they've come up with the Nations League. Now there's potential SPFL postponement. I hope it's just a proposal and nothing comes of it. Joe, uh, thank you very much for being on Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Let's speak to Alex and Sandy Hills. Uh, what is your point, Alex? Are you all for the greater good of Scotland or would you take the league every time? League every time. Hello, Stephen. Hello, Shu uh, and Alec. Hi, Alex. Hi. Hi. No, I mean, uh, was your big birthday last week? Is that right? It was correct, yeah. Aye, well, I'm a year older. I'll be another three weeks, one year older anyway. Happy birthday, my girls. You too. Uh, as you'll know, I've seen Celtic winning more than all their trophies put together. I've been fortunate enough to see more than half of them. And I hope to see another couple of leagues coming. There's no way I would put Scotland in front of Celtic winning a league, no chance. Well, you know, it's, it's everyone's prerogative. Yes, yes. If, oh, no, no, if, the point before that is quite right. Yeah. That's his way. Yeah, you're both... I don't get any problem. You're, you're both right. You know, he has his view. You have yours. Uh, you are the guys who pay the money. Uh, it's, people who don't pay the money and don't go to football matches may listen and tut, tut. But the genuine fans who get out there, yeah, they pay their money and they're entitled to hold their opinion. I actually think that it was uh, refreshing to hear Joe saying that because for me, I think he is in the minority. I think the majority of fans, because of where we are, Celtic's gone for nine, Rangers haven't won for uh, the same period. So, you know, they have to be looking to try and wrestle whatever way it is uh, that, that SPFL title for me. You know, I was looking over social media the weekend and there was a lot of chat. Ryan Jack had a pretty decent game, I thought, on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. I thought he played quite well. Obviously, Ryan Christie played well. Two big, important players for both Celtic and Rangers. Yes. Uh, Alex, what would your opinion be? Obviously, you wouldn't like it, but are you worried that when you see Ryan Christie, Cal McGregor, who's played a heck of a lot of matches over the past two or three seasons, do you think that this is yeah. just a, you know, an opportunity for them to get injured more than anything? Yeah, well, that's the way I think it. Uh... That concerns me definitely, you know. Listen, I mean, although I want Celtic to do that, I would like to see Scotland win as well, obviously, you know, but if it was a choice between the two, I would go with Celtic 100%. Uh, but yes, it does concern me Celtic players playing in some of these games, you know. I, I think at the back of every Celtic supporter's mind is John Kennedy, who, yeah. for me, would have had another 15 years as a Celtic player, mm-hmm. uh, who had the potential to be the best centre-back that Celtic have uh, had since Billy McNeil and it all went up in smoke one night in a friendly international at Hamden so you're entitled to have that thought in your subconscious Um, but you know it could happen in training yeah I I think that's I think that's one of the factors you know most of the boys do want to be part of the international scene otherwise they wouldn't pitch up you and they try and give their all and as you rightly said you can get injured at any time you know whether it's training you know and not yes uh, rolling of the ankle It could be anything So you know The thing is You just have to cross your fingers Hope that your players Get back unscathed uh, And are ready for a selection The following weekend But right. with regard to McGregor <laughs> He's not normal <laughs> no. uh, he, he just goes on and on And on and on And on and on Club football European football International football And is excellent At all levels Yeah he certainly is He's been fantastic sure The past few seasons sure. oh, Sorry Alex On you go that's exactly it. Thanks for giving us a call, Alex. We'll continue to take your calls. 0141-951-1025. Would you take Scotland over winning the league or vice versa? We had two conflicting opinions there. It seems to be unanimous in the studio. 0141-951-1025. 
Clyde One's Cash for Kids Mission Christmas. In partnership with Wholesale Domestic Bathrooms Hillington. Proud to support Cash for Kids. Okay, so Christmas should be a time for families and celebration. Unfortunately, for thousands of children across Glasgow in the West, it's just another day. So we want to make Christmas Day a different day for these kids. Different means having money in the meter, a hot meal, or maybe a small gift as well. We can make this happen by supporting Clyde One's Cash for Kids at Mission Christmas this year to hear exactly what a difference your money makes. Uh, there is so many things on ClydeOne.com. You can check out there. You can see all the people that we help over the past few years, and it really does make a difference and we can't always make it a magical day but with your help we can make it a different day for thousands of kids across Glasgow and the West now listen what you can do is get to Clyde1.com you can download a pack there you can donate money to this year's Mission Christmas Appeal and you can do that at Clyde1.com and that is Cash for Kids Mission Christmas with Wholesale Domestic Bathrooms Hillington and Clyde One we will continue to take your calls 0141 951 1025 and we'll get the latest on the roads with Amber next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, the league leader for compensation. Talk to Thompson's.com. Welcome back to the show just after a quarter to seven now and it's Stephen Mill in for Gordon Duncan. I've got Alex Ray and Hugh Keevans in the studio. Let's go straight to the lines and chat to Alan. We're talking Scotland, a club over country. Alan, where do you stand on this? Oh. I, think I think your line's a wee bit rubbish there Alan and uh, we'll, we'll try and call you back and uh, get you back on in just a wee second um, but I think Alan's point was going to be that I think in the vast majority as you've been saying Hugh Keevans and even on Twitter we're getting so like Joe the previous caller who was a Celtic fan who said yeah. that he would forgo 10 in a row <laughs> for <laughs> Scotland qualifying for a major tournament that hasn't gone down very well uh, <laughs> on Twitter at Clyde SSB if you want to get involved and also 01419511025 It used to be that these things could exist in tandem you could have a Scotland side with a huge support at Hamden and you could have Celtic and Rangers in fact winning European trophies never mind winning the league but now we've become a changed world. We've got a very narrow-minded attitude to it all. Club rivalry in this part of the world, uh, I think, is greater than any time I can ever, ever remember. And if they're given a choice, club or country, there is no choice. They'll take club every time. Alan, we have you back in line. Hopefully your lines will be better. And uh, w- would you agree with Hugh then there? Yeah, I kind of missed the start of that, but uh, the end of it, yeah, of course I agree, I Absolutely, but I, I don't think you're any different from... I, I don't think it's, it's a Scottish supporter thing, you know. I think it's a, it's quite a general thing, that that opinion. Um, I, and there's no reason why both the things can't happen. Uh, that's true. Yeah, absolutely. It's, Alan, it's, an, it's a hypothetical question, but, uh, you know, uh, I think you're absolutely right. I think most people would go for... Uh, the club over country and I think you're absolutely right in terms of other you know if you go down to England you go to when saying that you know the old English have been shouting and ball for about 50 years about the World Cup for yeah. you, so they'll yeah. be looking to try and get that again but I think most fans across you know Belgium Holland France and so forth they would look for the, the club team over their, their, their if, national team if you're an old geezer like me it's quite it's quite ironic in 1967 the Celtic won the European Cup first British club to do so Scotland were still Let me get this right now Nine years had gone by Since they last played at a World Cup And another 
seven years would go by before they actually did it again. Yeah. Celtic won the European Cup. Rangers won in Barcelona in 1972. Yeah. And at that time, we couldn't get an an international team to get to the, the finals of a major tournament. 1958 until 1974. That was the wait. 16 years. And we won two European trophies in that time. So the irony then was that we had fantastic Celtic and Rangers sides and we couldn't get a decent international team. And now we've got <laughs> Celtic and Rangers again and we're still looking for an international team. Yeah, uh, Alan, uh, I know it's it's all hypothetical and, you know, it's never going to be a one or the other. But can you see, obviously, the obvious benefit of Scotland qualifying for a major tournament? You just need to see what happened with Northern Ireland and Wales. Obviously, Wales went on a crazy run yeah. to the semi-finals. I'm not suggesting that for a second, but that would just lift the entire country and really put a focus back on Scotland. I remember uh, the, the Republic of Ireland uh, kind of run about in 1990, Hugh, with Mick McCarthy and so forth. and uh, the, Bonner, yeah. yeah Bonner, yeah, they're a very, very good team uh, And uh, the upshot from that was There was a generation on the back of that Your Robbie Keynes and so forth You mm. know, in terms of, you know the, the prestige And it got the country loving football again So, you know, you got a wee upshot In terms of the kind of turnover of players So, and it's the whole the whole thing You know, I remember playing with Mick McCarthy at the time He was bringing out books Captain Fantastic and so <laughs> forth So, if the Scotland players are listening, the opportunity to bring out a book, you may get a few quid. <laughs> Surely that's going to be worth it. Alan, do you want to come back in? I, no, I agree with you totally. You know, um, a good question would be Scotland to win the World Cup. <laughs> I guess that would kind that would kind of make it a bit more of a difficult decision. I give you this guarantee. <laughs> not, not in, not in my lifetime, but uh, but the rest of you are younger. Yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, ten to seven. A wee bit early to start drinking tonight, Alan. So, uh, we'll oh, just... no, I know, but I'm just, you know what I mean. That would put you in a bit more of a difficult situation. Answer that question. Yeah. Right, well, what what okay. do you think? That's also, also hypothetical. That is true. That is true. Alex, what would you take? A Scotland World Cup win, or? I think if you uh, again, I, I would actually say the Rangers and Celtic fans would uh, most certainly. <laughs> be, but listen, even then, because the, the thing is, you can't walk about the streets of Glasgow and go, "Aye, we won the World Cup." Whereas you go, "Oh, it's nine in a row. We stopped you winning nine in a row." <laughs> yeah. The punters just want the bragging rights. Yeah, it's a, as I say, it's a changed world, <laughs> uh, but it's a funny old game. Yeah, yeah, it certainly is. Uh, thank you very much to Alan and uh, keep your calls coming in at 0141 951 1025. I got an interesting stat earlier on. My oh, sources. We love stats. Sources at the Scottish FA. I don't think you, I think you, uh-huh. I, might use, I t- told you this earlier on, but Alex, you're new to this. So, somebody told me last year about the Scottish supporter. Clubs uh, members, right? So yes. I think there's, I think there's fifteen thousand or something like that. Some, I, I this is the Tartan Army, effectively. Yes, the, the Tartan Army. So the guys who are buying the season tickets, who are going home and away, yep. the real die-hard Hardcore. fans. Who, what club in Scotland do you think makes up the biggest percentage of those fans? Because when you sign up, there's a wee drop-down box, and you can put in the who teams you support. you support. Yeah, I know the answer. The club so. team. All oh, right, okay. I am going to go for Celtic. Celtic is the incorrect answer. Oh. Rangers fans make up the most wow. amount of Scotland supporters club members. Maybe I'm getting confused with social media and the real world because social media would have you believe that the SFA 
were complicit in Rangers going down to the fourth tier of Scottish football and therefore since the SFA run the international team be gone but uh you have surprised me. Yeah. Did, did it give a percentage in terms of? It, it wasn't. It wasn't. You know, it wasn't over fifty percent or anything. Like that. I think it was probably about twenty percent, fifteen twenty percent. Then it was Celtic and Aberdeen that were pretty clo- uh, close. And then it in was terms just of percentage from first to second, then what would it have been? Do you know? I don't have those. I don't have that information. Can we get now. our source at the SFA to drop I, you a text? I, I, I certainly can. Yeah, if he's listening, Michael. Give That's actually text. surprising to me yeah. uh, because there's a perception that Rangers fans don't. Uh, Follow the they national team they, and they don't agree with the SFA. Uh, yeah. they, they hold the SFA responsible for their club's ills. Not totally responsible, but they were, according to some, complicit in what happened. The, but again, that, as I say, there's the real world and then there's the world of social media. The, the interesting thing about that is, in terms of that, would uh, go against that perception. You know mm. what you're talking about they're, they're against them They might have been against them In terms of the handling Of certain situations However That statistic tells you The opposite And, the, and we had some Was it Joe Elleron Talking about being patriotic Yeah That would suggest That the Rangers fans Are following their numbers Yeah uh, The only caveat I would have in that Is these were last year's figures So from 2018 So Please do not throw that caveat And we sound like somebody else From another <laughs> station yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> no So these figures are from last year So that is the most up to date information And yeah Rangers fans apparently Make up the most uh, Amount of members For the Scotland Supporters Club That is yeah. just That's a fact I love I love statistics You love stats You certainly do uh, Do you love taking part In Beat the Pundit though? Oh yes How's your uh, How's your form been this season? It's been outstanding I would actually put myself up in the top two or three mm-hmm. So far In terms of wins and losses That's a fact Obviously Roger uh, Hanna will be top Yeah that's But I'm, I'm up there in the top two or three I can see the producer shaking his head But I would like to see a count <laughs> up here Hugh, how you? You won on Friday I did Yeah it was a tie break But you know Yeah A win's they, a win they, so. they, all, they all count They all count yeah I'm kind of like Scotland Up and down Up yeah. and down You never know how you'll find me <laughs> yeah, well that is true If you want to take part in Beat the Pundit We will be doing it just after the news at 7 o'clock So you can call right now 0141 951 1025 If you want to take on Hugh or Alex There's some very good questions tonight I've just been looking over them so Lovely it's, uh, Very interesting So I think it'll be a close one So 0141 951 1025 If you want to get involved You've got until the start of the news at 7 to enter And after 7 o'clock We'll be hearing from the new Hibs manager Jack Ross will be on the show And and we'll be chatting about probably Scotland again as well. But Be The Pundit is up next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. The form team for compensation for more than 40 years. Talk to Thompson's.com. Clyde One. Bowie at breakfast. With the Scottish Sun.co.uk. Get all the latest football news and opinion. Welcome along to Monday Night's show It's Stephen Mill in for Gordon Duncan And I'm joined in the studio by Hugh Evans and Alex Ray We've already chatted Scotland And whether you take a major tournament qualification Over stopping 10 in a row Or 9 in a row I guess Or winning the league this season And there'll be more of that chat later on But it is time for this Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk slash football What I've enjoyed about this so far is whenever I play that music The two pundits on the other side of the desk They all get a wee bit a wee bit nervous I can see I can almost feel the sweaty palms for here So yeah, you're all bobbing up and down Look at these You look away <laughs> you're, you're, you're sitting on the subs bench Your team's losing 5 mil And you're sitting thinking Don't bring me on Right Let's go to the lines And find out who will be taking you on tonight Either 
you, Hugh, or Alex, and say good evening to Darren from Kirk and Tillich. How are you doing, Darren? You all right? I'm not bad, how are you? What are you up to tonight? Anything exciting? I'm in work. You're in work. What's it you doing? Skiving. Yeah, I'm a chef. You're a chef. You're skiving. Uh, right, okay. Then. Maybe if you maybe you can deliver some food off. I've not had my tea yet, so I'm fairly hungry at this moment. Who do you fancy taking on, either Hugh or Alex? I'd love to beat Hugh. Right, you'd love to beat Hugh. Well, you'll find out on the toss of a coin, Darren. So stick there. And, no worries. Uh, Hugh, you're going to be heads, and Alex, you're going to be tails. Right, so you'll find out in about. You are taking on. Alex Ray tonight, unfortunately. No worries. That's so, all right. for you, Darren. So it is Darren versus Alex, and Hugh is away, uh, panting with relief in the corner, jumping for joy across <laughs> there. Uh, so, what we'll do is we'll put Clyde 2 in Alex's headphones so he can't hear the questions. Is that you on Clyde 2? Yes, it is. Thumbs up. Good stuff. Right. So, you have 30 seconds on the clock, Darren, and you need to answer as many questions as possible. Are you ready? Oh, here we go. Hi. Here we go then. Your time starts now. Who scored Scotland's winning goal on Saturday? Oh, no. Pass. Who's the current manager of Morton? Pass. How many caps does Stephen Naismith have? 50. Who did Livy beat in the 2004 League Cup final? Oh, pass. Which country did Alfredo Morelos score a last-minute winner against at the weekend? Oh, this is a shambles pass. Who <laughs> was the first <laughs> Scottish team that Jack Ross managed? Uh, I don't think you would have got that, to be honest. Right, OK. Oh, <laughs> so stick on the line. Stick on the line. We'll get, we'll get Alex back in the room. And, Alex, you are up, OK? Are you yes, ready? You're I back am, in yes. the room. You can hear me. Good stuff. You have 30 seconds on the clock, and your 30 seconds begin now Who scored Scotland's winning goal on Saturday? McGinn Who is the current manager of Morton? Uh, Hopkin How many caps does Stephen Naismith have? 50 Who did Livy beat in the 2004 League Cup final? Uh, Hibs Which country did Alfredo Morelos score a last minute winner against at the weekend? Peru Who was the first Scottish team that Jack Ross managed? Uh, Alawa What is Clyde's nickname? The buddies. Oh, we did it! <laughs> <laughs> oh, Alex oh, Ray. Brilliant. Alex Ray. Right, let's find out the answers to the questions and how we got on. Right, so question number one: Who scored Scotland's winning goal on Saturday? Darren, you had to pass this one. Oh, it's a shocker. That was a shocker. It was, it was John McGinn. So one nil. Pressure. Yeah, one nil to Alex. Not as easy when you're live on the radio. I accept mm-hmm. that. So, uh, question number two: Who's the current manager of Morton? You passed at that one as well, Darren, and you said... Hopkin. Hopkin. You said Hopkin is the... I'll give you that. David Hopkin is the right answer, yeah. If, if we're only Hoppy, I call him Hoppy. Oh, you call him Hoppy, of course, yeah. How many caps does Stephen Naismith have now? You both got this one right. as of course, 50, so that's 2-1 to Alex. Uh, who did Livy beat in the 2004 League Cup final? You passed on that one, Darren. And Alex... Hibs. ...is the correct answer. So you have... Uh, you're uh, you four out of four so far. <laughs> Thank so, you. Four out of four. Which country did Alfredo Morella score a last minute winner against? It was Peru. You didn't get that one right either, I'm afraid. This is painful. This is painful, but we have to go through it, I'm afraid. <laughs> and the final question, no, but a couple of questions. Who was the first Scottish team that Jack Ross managed? Uh, it was Alloa. You got that right. So you're up to six now. Six Thank one you. currently. And you managed to squeeze in the last one. What's Clyde's nickname? <laughs> it's the Bully Wee, yeah. but you got it but wrong. Is, yeah. So that's a hammering. Six one victory for Alex Ray. Darren, Darren. <laughs> Darren. Oh, no wonder you wanted to, Darren. 
Deary me. <laughs> Deary me. Right, okay. Well, anyway, thanks for playing, thanks, pal. Darren. And uh, get back to cooking whatever it was, all right? Hello indeed. Cheers guys Cheers. Right, Cheers Dan Thanks for being on Clyde One Super Scoreboard Beat the Pundit is back tomorrow night It's Roger Hanna And Gordon DL Gordon DL was victorious last week as well So um, Would he get a two? I think, <laughs> it, I think he might have got two actually I think it was <laughs> no a way. two uh, So yeah He was victorious Right let's get back to the football then And it was the unveiling Of Jack Ross As Hibs manager A wee bit earlier on Let's hear from the new Hibs boss It's about improving results to begin with And generally supporters are pleased with winning games Then you look at how you win games, the manner in which you're doing it. The first challenge is to make sure we, we start climbing above the position we're in at the moment and then over a period of time hopefully start to do that in a really positive and attractive way. When you come in mid-season there's not an awful lot of time to put all that in place so um, there'll be small steps made at times as well but the ultimate goal as I said is to produce a team that wins games and does it the right way. I was in a position where I'd obviously left Sunderland and it was, um, you know, I found myself out of work and two very attractive jobs became available at Scotland, the two very big clubs and but when the process began for this job and I understood there was an interest and it was very attractive to me and, and ultimately that's what I wanted to do. The focus has very much been on making sure I get the maximum from the, what I have at the disposal at the moment. Um, so the assessment of the squad is only really starting to take place. But what I want to do is hopefully give myself less problems in January with the fact that we're winning games regularly. I met the majority of the squad this morning, had good conversations with a lot of them. Some of them are familiar with, some of them I've coached. Some of them I've played against, um, some I was meeting for the first time. So it was good to get the opportunity to do that and excited to be getting on the grass tomorrow morning with them for the first time and, and from that point it's really that's when my proper assessment of them and understanding of them as, as players and people begins He does speak well in the media Jack Ross doesn't he? Well I was going to say to you here we have a personable articulate mm. man for the 21st century but it's not a fashion parade it's a football contest and he has had his ups and downs Jack Ross Sunderland being the down part but in general terms, I think he is an excellent choice for Hibs. You'll know right away, Stephen, because I've got Motherwell at Easter mm. Road at the weekend and Stephen Robinson is a shrewdy. He has done a terrific job at Motherwell and he will present Jack Ross with an immediate test of his credentials. But in general terms, I think Hibs have got themselves a good man. I think it's a, a good appointment for Jack in terms of on the back of the, the Sunderland uh, kind of episode of his career. And uh, he's going in there with a team. For me, he says he will have to identify when she goes on the grass, uh, you know, look at the strengths and weaknesses. They are flighty for me. They're uh, easily beaten. They, they concede leads. And he will have to find a player or two uh, within his squad now Because he doesn't have the option To bring in any loan players And he has to find someone Who can start Rolling up the sleeves Because they're not Where they are uh, For the You know Other than the reason That they're losing too many games And He will go in there He'll put his ideas across I know he's trying to get His uh, former assistant as well the From Sunderland John Potter Yeah John Potter uh, So he's trying to get him out To try and help him along the way Because it looks uh, James Fowler's going as the director of football at Kelly So he'll be looking to get his own staff in And he'll be looking to put his own ideas in But it's, I think it's a good fit for both parties You played with Sunderland for many years Alex And yeah. I'm sure you've still got friends down there What was the sort of chat with Jack? Was it a surprise that he got sacked? Or yeah. was it, you know the, What was the feeling amongst the support? Because obviously yeah. things haven't really picked up Since they've appointed Phil Parkinson Yeah, I, well on the Parkinson one it's, you know, It was a bit underwhelming you yeah. know, Because of the size of the club In terms of Jack, uh, I think the big thing for most people down there I was down in Friday Hugh oh. uh, with a former player 
And just chatting to him was that he just drew too many games, you know, and he, and he, he didn't have, I think it was 19 draws or something last year. It was a lot of draws within yeah. a calendar year, a, a season rather. And it was just, uh, you know, uh, getting into the new season. I think they lost to Lincoln and so forth. So, you know, he uh, got the grace, he got the back of the board. And financially, you know, when you look at some of the players that they signed over that period, you know, he was kind of backed from that aspect. But listen, it's a new chapter for him. That's That door's closed. I think he'll be a better manager for it because he's managed a big, big club in Sunderland, averaging about 30,000 to 35,000 fans. And he's going into one of the top five clubs in Scotland. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, Hibs and Hearts, Aberdeen. Would all be vying for a third or fourth spot. Well, that leads me on to my next question: Where can he take Hibs? How far can he realistically this season push up the table? Well, I mean, if he finishes top six, job done. Uh, the highest anyone can go is third now, uh, because Celtic and Rangers will always be first and second, and perhaps not necessarily in that order. But the highest you can go is third. Yeah. Uh, so if you finish top six, that's a, a good start. Uh, he's got decent players: Scott Allen. Stevie Marlin Camberry Try playing two up front You know His predecessor You don't you missed one out there Here the boy Dodges <laughs> One of your favourites <laughs> Try playing two up front uh, But Well I mean If Dodge and Camberry Can work up front Then do it um, You know They weren't Adventurous enough Under Paul Heckenbottom As Alex said They were far too easily beaten They have a soft centre yes. They have an inclination To collapse uh, if all is not going well And that's why I say Motherwell are the perfect Starting off point for you Because they'll come uh, Having already beaten Hearts In Edinburgh this season They'll come looking for a Capital punishment mark two uh, It's a good start for Jack And Stephen Robinson As you mentioned A very shrewd manager And that's why he's caught the eye Of Anne Budge yes. And the rest of the Hearts board It looks like they're going to take their time Austin McPhee probably will be in charge For their match against Kilmarnock At the weekend And in terms of where Hearts go from here yes. does, Is the fact that Hibs have made their appointment This quickly and this early Does that put any more pressure on Hearts to yeah, Not for me I, th- I think they have a different approach You, They are looking to bring in a it's not a director of football, but they're looking to bring sporting, sporting director. director. Sven Goran Eriksson being oh, Listen, Sven's race has run. They need to get someone who's uh, forward thinking. They need to get someone who's a wee bit more youthful this on, on their side. Uh, I think that will be the process for me. I think the way Hearts will go, they will mm. bring that appointment first and then they will bring a manager. And I think with, with Austin being there, I think on the back of getting a result against St Mirren, you know, it's a safe pair of hands going forward. But I don't think there's any rush on no. the back of what Hibs do. The important thing for Hearts, who are down at the bottom along with Hibs, is to get Mr. Wright. Not Mr. Wright now, just Mr. Wright, because uh, Craig Levine wasn't a success, Ian Cathro wasn't a success. Um, they haven't looked consistent enough. Robbie Nielsen was the last one who had a level of consistency with them when he was the manager there. Uh, so. They need to be careful And also this sporting director He has to come in before the manager Therefore Austin McPhee will be there Just to keep things afloat Not expected to do wonders Just keep it on an even keel There's been uh, suggestions that Austin may well be a candidate for that But if you listen to his post-match last week yeah. For me he's trying to Seduce the board about with his statistics. You know, I think it's at four out of five as uh, yeah. interim manager. He's won, so I think he's looking more to be the manager. But I'm led to believe he does so much behind the scenes that could potentially be an option. Also, the, the bottom line, Stephen, is that the city of Edinburgh, the capital of this country, 
has two teams who ought to be top six guaranteed every season. And they have fallen by the wayside so far this season. I, I think potentially they, they could get to the top six. Too. I think they're three yeah. points. Either or. It's fairly there. tight. It's yes, not, it's they're not three points. I think uh, Hearts are three points behind, and I think um, Hibs are two points behind Ross County. So. That's no a big ask for me. If you're getting a new manager and you're expecting him to at least leapfrog the Livingston and Ross County, a couple of other names that were linked with Hearts as well. Stuart McCall apparently interviewed over the weekend. Neil McCann as well. He's obviously been out of work yeah. since he left Dundee. Neil Warnock, he'd be an interesting wow. choice, wouldn't he? I think it'd be great for us. You, he's yeah. uh, guaranteed a, a quarter to. He's a promotion specialist in England. I think he, he took six different teams up or something ridiculous like that. Yes. Um, I would have to support Neil Warnock because of the ageist argument. You know, yes, oh, well, they're course. going for the old guy. But I don't think he'll get it. Um, and I, I, having said that, I couldn't give you an absolute guarantee of who will get it. But Anne Budge has to get it right. She really does. Profile, what was it? Profile and uh, stature. And uh, experience. Experience, yeah. yes. So they were the criteria, I mean, she uh, said. Neil Warnock would get it hands down then. But I just don't. Think you can sell Neil Warnock to the Hearts fans? Yeah, probably not. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that. One final thing about Hibs before we move on, which was it's already been, it's almost inevitable this was going to be linked, but Lewis Morgan to Hibs. So he's not really getting a game for Celtic at the moment, but oh. he can get called up to the Scotland squad. But it's obviously with Jack Ross at, at St Mirren uh, previously, had him there, and it looks like that's going to be all the chatting between now and January. I w- I listen, I think he took him down to Sunderland for a period as well. He knows him from his St Mirren days. I know Lewis. Look, it's actually a crying shame that you know that, that he isn't playing football on a weekly basis because mm. his development would more, without doubt, accelerate if he was playing on a weekly basis, and it would make sense for Celtic to put him to Hibs. Now Hibs have done that. Uh, uh, Celtic's done that with uh, Christie up at Aberdeen. Uh-huh. So if you could get him playing, it might accelerate his career and give him a better chance if he does come back in time to Celtic. Yeah, in January, I couldn't see anything wrong with that. With the usual proviso that Celtic don't allow him to play against Celtic. <laughs> you mentioned Ryan Christie there. He's a perfect example Absolutely. of somebody who came from a smaller club in Inverness. So he found it hard to, to break into the Celtic team at that time, but then went away for about 18 months to Aberdeen, yes. wasn't he? He was there for a season and a half. And look at him now. He's probably, arguably, the most effective player yes. and been the best player in the Premiership I, this I, season. I think Ayer went to Kamarnock as well for yeah. a period. Uh, it helped him no ends, and you look where he is now. So I think if you get them, they're not playing regular for you get them out and play games it gives them a chance to kind of grow uh, the development and it will allow them to come back better rounded players and and fight for a place at either Rangers or Celtic can't argue with that he was there for a full season at Rugby Park Chris Ayer and look what he's doing now in a Celtic strip yeah, he's doing very well. Uh, I've got the teaser coming up, and uh, I might give you it before the break, actually, before uh-huh. we go into the break and break with tradition. It's not that bad, is it? It's it's a good one. It's it's all about Scotland tonight, obviously, because we're building Brilliant. up to the game against Kazakhstan tomorrow. But it's a good one, and uh, I'll give you that in just a couple of seconds' time. But in terms of just going back to Scotland for a second, we've had so many people uh, getting in touch in terms of the debate between club and country, and uh, Joe is not a popular man. He was on earlier on <laughs> <laughs> suggesting, suggesting that he would give up
up the title, but there is just so many people disagreeing with him, as you said, Hugh. Yeah. And I'm sure that if anyone wants to get in touch, by the way, it's 0141 1025. And it's it, it does seem to be that, it's particularly in this part of the world, as you always say, Hugh, yeah. it is different, despite the fact my stats from the Scotland Supporters Club suggest otherwise. Yeah, it's a cultural phenomenon here. You've got Rangers... Uh, who in their last published accounts uh, recorded an £11 million loss. Uh, they are currently willing to throw all sorts of money at the team and they will do so in January in the interest of stopping nine in a row. Mm-hmm. You've got Celtic and you have to believe that Peter Lawwell, the chief executive at Celtic, understands the significance of nine in a row Every bit as much as all of the Celtic fans who are on Twitter right now to you. At Clyde SSB if you want to get in touch, by the way. And that's why we are a cultural phenomenon. This is everything to the people who support Celtic and Rangers. And I don't think 5% of them, Celtic and Rangers supporters, would swap the league title this season for Scotland qualifying for Euro 2020. Now, you mentioned the transfer window coming up, but there has been lots of gossip. We're hitting that time of the year when it's running up to Christmas and all the managers around Europe are getting their Christmas wish list together as well. Odson Edward is a man who is going to feature very highly, it seems, if you believe the papers we had today. Roma, Napoli, apparently interested in him, but scared off by Celtic's valuation of him. But who has put a valuation on him? I mean, I don't, I don't recall Celtic coming out and saying, we value Odson Edward at X million. So who is putting the valuation on his head? Well, yeah, I've seen the reports this morning. I thought it was just uh, trying to make up stories to sell papers this morning. Hugh, they were actually saying that uh, they weren't in the price range. You know, why even throw it in there if they weren't in the price range? How do you know that they're actually in the ballpark for... Edward or Morelos or anyone else You'll know when a figure is put on the table And Peter Lowell says Ah Now <laughs> Let's talk about this uh, But until such times as someone puts a figure Officially To Celtic It's speculation We will discuss this more next And we'll get the teaser on as well Because I've actually ran out of time before the break So 0141951 Clive on Super Scoreboard continues next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Getting you full compensation is their goal. Talk to Thompson's.com. Welcome back to the show. It's Alex Ray, Hugh Evans with me. It's Stephen Mill tonight on Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Right, let's get the teaser up and running between now and eight o'clock. And it is a good one. It's an international one. And I'm going to even chuck you a wee bone as well. So this is a good one. Thanks to Ian for sending this in. We don't know where you're from, but you are Ian. So thank you for sending this. 12 players are on the Scottish national team role of honour that have never played for either of the old firm sides when they, oh you've just killed me when they, <laughs> when they won their caps when they won their caps so that's the wee, that's the wee caveat there so for example Alex McLeish Alex McLeish is correct Willie Miller for, oh wait a minute to use a caveat for example Alan Ruff is on the list as he won all his caps at Partick Thistle and Hibs he did play for Celtic but that was after his last cap so Hugh, you've already got two <coughs> there, which are Alex McLeish and William Sturrock. Paul Sturrock. Paul Sturrock is an incorrect answer. Malpass. Morris Malpass, from the same village as me, is a correct answer. Brilliant. Won all these caps. We've got so far three. So you've got, you've got three. You have nine to get at Clyde SSB. So 
It is players who are in the Hall of Fame Over 50 caps for Scotland Who have never played for either Celtic or Rangers Whilst they won their caps Okay So that's the caveat mm. We've already got Alex McLeish, Willie Miller and Morris Malpass Joe there Jordan are, There are some very famous names on this list And Joe Jordan is one of them Played with Leeds United, Manchester United and AC Milan 52 caps between 1973 and 1982 We'll take one more and then we'll cut it off for there any guesses, lads? Asa Hartford. <sighs> Hugh Keevens, you are on fire. You are absolutely yeah. on fire. Asa Hartford won 50 caps for Scotland between 1972 and 1982. West Brom, Manchester City and Everton. Right, we'll cut it there. There are still seven to get by my estimation. And you can get in touch at Clyde SSB if you want to give us a shout on Twitter. And uh, I'll just repeat the question one more time so that you've got it in your head. It is... 12 players on the national Scottish team roll of honour so over 50 caps in the Hall of Fame that have never played for either half of the old format when they won their caps so we already have just to discount these Asa Hartford Joe Jordan Morris Malpass Willie Miller and Alex McLeish if you have any suggestions by the way for another teaser it's fulltime at Clyde1.com if you want to get in touch just like Ian did with that one there if you want to get involved with this it's at Clyde SSB but let's go back to the lines and speak to Kenny who is a Rangers fan from Cardonald welcome to the show Kenny what's your point? Uh, good evening Alex good evening Hi, Kenny. you Hi Kenny Hi Kenny As I know it's a sort of uh, it's a weekly event now we discussed Morales and Edward since uh, Morelos scored his first international goal at the weekend, don't you think his stock is rising even more? And I feel that Edward, we know he's worth a lot of money, but the fact that £9 million was paid for him, to me, seems to exaggerate what the end result's going to be, as opposed to Morelos, who's a relative cheap buy. I'd like to know what you think about this. Uh, they're both worth a fortune, the Celtic and Rangers. They will both go, I think, in the summertime. Uh, and... They will be gone for what somebody thinks they are worth. You know, every player is sold for what somebody else thinks he's worth. Um, my evaluation of Edward and or Morelos is irrelevant. It's what a club is willing to throw at them. Yeah. I appreciate that, if you, if you, if you were uh, the headmaster here and you're doing a half-term report this year, not based on what they were bought for, who would you be giving the, the 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 pass match to, or the most, the highest score to at the moment? Um, it's a difficult one that because uh, no, uh, for me that they're pretty much level pegging right now. Uh, I know this is a, a much favoured argument for Celtic and Rangers supporters, and they go on and on and on and on. the The irony of it all for me is that you're both talking about players who, if you keep talking them up in this manner and they keep playing as they are playing, they won't be with your club next season. They'll be off in the summer, and I think both of them will be. What are we talking, an A-plus or a, a B-plus? Well, A-plus I mean, a for the pair of them. <laughs> It'll keep everybody happy. Alex, I, I, I think, I think when, uh, partly the the end game that Hugh talks about in the summer, if it's an English Premiership club, you are asking for a lot more than other leagues out with that because... They have money to burn. I, I spoke to a, a English Premiership manager in, uh, in Portugal, and in July, and he says he was picking up the the phone. He was talking about the first offer. He says it's a minimum of fifteen million pounds. Every time you pick up to ask a player who oh. fifteen million quid, and that's a starter for ten. Yeah. Uh, this guy went on to spend one hundred and forty odd million this summer. So uh, you know they've got money to burn. 
uh, in terms of where they are, if, in, if you're talking about out and out goals, Morelos uh, obviously would be your first pick. But in, in terms of general all round, I think Morelos is uh, slightly behind Edward because of other players are coming into contention like Forrest, Christie and so forth. So, But in terms of the way the two of them are actually playing, the two of them are at the top of their game. And, uh, you know, I think the both... Uh, Rangers and Celtic would command massive fees for them because they are flying and goal scorers don't uh, grow in trees. As soon as I saw that Alfredo Morelos had scored for Peru uh, against Peru uh, in Florida, <laughs> I thought at one point next week on the program, <laughs> someone some, someone's going to say, <laughs> "Well done, Kenny." Does, does, right does this put up Morelos's transfer value? And you know you can't have it both ways. You know Celtic supporters can't say, "Oh well, uh, Edward scored for France, uh, therefore ten, ten goals in five games for the under twenty ones, yeah. Edward." Uh, therefore, the international goals come into the equation. Um, Morelos is having an outstanding season. Edward is your big occasion player and is also having a terrific season. They will be much missed, the pair of them, when they go in the summertime. Don't you think too though that some of the some managers even and some managers have never heard of Morelos then they look and see oh who's this boy that scored international here and then suddenly check up on him I think Morelos is is known to a wider audience now uh, I mean our game is looked at uh, on a fairly widespread basis in the Europa League I think will probably yeah. attract a few attacks. it's 11 isn't it he scored a lot of goals uh, what do you think Kenny uh, are you sort of crying at the prospect do you think he'll be away definitely oh, no, in the I summer think, I th- I, no I think he'll, he'll I, I'm 100% confident he'll stay to the summer but I think they're going to get a new, like the, the offer you can't refuse yeah yeah. or you stay until the summer because Stephen, uh, Stephen Gerrard is already on record as saying he's going nowhere yeah. In the January transfer window, and Rangers would need to be insane to let them go in the January transfer window because they would literally jeopardise their chances of winning the title, unless somebody came in and made the offer—not uh, the offer that you can't turn down, the offer that you can't understand. Yeah. And if that happens, then you know Dave King has a, a decision to make. But I a riot in his hand with the fans. Well, <laughs> you, know, you know, this is a hypothetical conversation, uh, so I'll give you a hypothetical scenario. Supposing somebody came in and offered thirty million. No. 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 no, no. Not even for that. No, so, not so, even for that. so you're saying if thirty million. Well, I, I had the same conversation, something along the 25 to 30 million hue for either Edward or Morelos. I had this with, with my good pal Davey Farrell, and he says because of the Celtic model, he felt as if they would possibly take that. For me, I, I was the opposite. I didn't think either team could afford to take that because see if it's 30 in January, 25, 30 in January, there will be offers in the summer because of the, the job that they're currently doing. So that was my take on it. Again, I stress that this is a hypothetical yeah. conversation. It's a good bit of fun. And uh, I'm glad that Kenny. Uh, Kenny on the line is is taking it in, in good part. Yeah. However, if somebody came in and said to Rangers, £30 million for Alfredo Morelos, given their business model at the moment, the shape of their business model at the moment, they would be much criticised by business people if they did not take money on that level. And if you said, ah, but... We have to stop Celtic winning the league. Then the business brains would say, "What? 
that, that's a very good point, Hugh. You just listen to Kenny's response when he says, "Oh, twenty-five, and he went, oh, there'll be a riot in his hands." So there's a business element, and then yeah. there's a fan's reaction to there's these always, things. So there's always economics on one side and emotion on the other. Fans are emotional and they don't care about economics. Can I just say one final thing to you? Yeah. Are you contracted for the next five years or the next ten years? Are we going to see an 80th you? Well, you know, <laughs> I, I'm still in talks with Big Lorraine, you know, so... <laughs> Put it this way, if, some, if somebody offers 30 million for you... Uh, He's I, on I, his toes in yeah. January. You, you, you can rely on it. If somebody offers 30 million for me, it'll be 30 million lira. <laughs> as, long as, you, as long as somebody's there to run you home at night... <laughs> And he's standing beside me now (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much Kenny Cheers, thank you And uh, just another side note I I read at the weekend that Alfredo Morelos His partner's actually pregnant So if he's born here, if it is a he Then that could be the answer to our striking problems In about 18 years time I mean it's all coming together He just needs to be born here So So if he stays until next summer That's all fine It's all coming back to the national team And by that time you'll be standing here in Super Scoreboard Well it's 40 years since we've qualified (laughs) for a tournament But but Alfie's boys in town Archie Morelos Morelos is is coming through the ranks So uh, back to the teaser We've got lots of answers coming in Uh, Let me try and find some incorrect ones So I'll just repeat it for you In case you missed Mm. it Uh, So it's players who have over 50 caps for Scotland I.e. in the uh, team role of honour That have never played for either half of the old firm When they won their caps So you already had Asa Hartford, Joe Jordan Morris Malpass, Willie Miller and Alex McLeish Uh, There is a few other Dennis Law Only correct answers And Dennis Dennis Law is another correct answer because he has 55 caps Huddersfield Town Manchester City Torino and Manchester United David Neri David Neri is an incorrect answer oh. he did not get 50 caps John Robertson I don't mean the Hearts one the one that was the at Nottingham Forest yeah. John Robertson is not on the list Eddie Gray Eddie Gray is a great answer but it's not on the list Gordon McQueen. McQueen yeah Gordon McQueen is not on the list oh, so it's 50 caps Hugh other incorrect Fletcher. answers Darren Fletcher Fletcher is a correct answer 80 caps Manchester United West Brom and Stoke we've got a couple of incorrect answers coming in Uh, Joe Harper is not a correct answer Um, he does not make that list Uh, any other guesses before we move on Uh, you've done actually quite well and the ones that are left um, are doable are doable they are very doable they're they're big names in, in Scottish football yeah. They've got over 50 caps for Scotland, surprisingly yeah, enough. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got Asa Hartford, Joe Jordan, Morris Malpass, Dennis Law, Willie Miller, Alex McLeish, Darren Fletcher so far. McKimmy. Stuart McKimmy is another cracking answer. But wrong. But again, it's the wrong answer. Yeah, it's the wrong answer. I'll need to pull you up your pronunciation. Asa. Oh, is it Asa? Asa. Asa. He was named after Al Jolson. Oh really? Whose real name was Asa Jolson And his father was an Al Jolson fan And he named Asa Asa See Hugh this is why you're <laughs> worth the big money This is why you're here <laughs> Hugh it's So that's worth 30 mil. So If you want to get in touch It's at Clyde SSB On, uh, on uh, Twitter I should say And if you want to give us a call as well It is 0141 951 1025 We're just having a chat about Morelos And Odson Ed- Edward This is a topic that comes up all the time yes. On Super Scoreboard As we predicted a little It's harmless fun It is It is But I think you know Kenny who was on there Had a good point If, if, a, if you can show like Morelos has this season that you can score in the Europa League which is not the highest level in Europe but it's still a very good level uh-huh. and you can score an international level then that surely punch your price up just, sure. just I don't think there's any doubt 
that both of them will fetch terrific money. Um, I'm just mildly amused that they're always... Uh, it's the bragging rights again yeah, to see who's yeah. the most expensive striker. Everything everything is about the bragging rights. You know, we've, we've, we've touched upon it all night long with regard to Scotland and qualification with Euro 2020 or would you rather win the league? Yeah. Everything is about the bragging rights and... Um, they are both worth a fortune to Celtic and Rangers and we will miss the pair of them when they're no longer part of Scottish football, which will be in about seven or eight months' time. I'm trying to think of this, uh, this quiz. <laughs> it's coming <laughs> uh, on. Uh, Neil's given us a shout on Twitter. Just uh, quickly run through to make sure it's okay to read out. Uh, Hugh, regarding the Morelos debate on uh, selling for £30 million, no in capital letters he stays and if Rangers win the league a possible Champions League that's 20 million plus the money they can still sell him in the summer and if he stayed he'll become a Rangers great well there are three ifs there <laughs> if, if Rangers win the league if Rangers qualify for the Champions League and if Alfredo Morelos is interested in staying because he's forever telling the folks back home in Colombia that he's off to a bigger league first chance he gets well, we'll find out in the summer. We'll also wrap up the teaser next. I'll give you a couple of wrong answers before we move on. Christian Daly is not a correct answer, and neither is Colin Hendry. It's players who have over 50 caps for Scotland and have never played for either half of the old firm whilst they won their caps. Clyde One Super Scoreboard continues next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. They play to win every time. Talk to Thompson's.com. We are back for the final part of the show It is Stephen Mill in for Gordon Duncan With Alex Ray and Hugh Keevans in the studio The teaser is uh, really going everywhere On at Clyde SSB if you want to get involved It's players who have over 50 caps for Scotland But have never played for either half of the old firm Whilst they won their caps So I'll run through some wrong answers uh, Hugh and Alex got a couple of right answers during the break there uh, Some wrong answers for you Colin Calderwood is incorrect Thank you to whoever put that in Alan Gilzean is not the correct answer uh, and the rest are all right answers So they're Ooh. all ahead of you The two you got during the break Alex Ray You got Jim Layton Yes, all bandy legs Yes, who had 91 caps for Scotland Between 1982 and 1998 Played by Aberdeen, Manchester United Billy and Bremner And Billy Bremner was the answer that you got Hugh, 54 caps for Scotland Played with Leeds United And uh, 1965 to 1975 So you have three to get I think that you'll get two of them and I like very, your optimism Very very quickly Someone has already got it Colin's already got the hard one that I think On at Clyde SSB on Twitter Is it Don Hutchison? Don Hutchison is not the correct is answer Is it Don Masson? It isn't Don Masson Is it Don Corleone? It's not Don Corleone Unfortunately not uh, we, Do you want a wee clue? Or do you want some clues? Yes. Do you want positions? Is it Bruce Rioch? It's not Bruce Rioch so Great, one, shout. One, Great of, shout. one of them is a midfielder the other one is a striker And the other one is a midfielder Kevin Gallagher <sighs> Alex Ray Do you know what I had him in my mind earlier on It's just come right back there Brilliant. You know what? Wrong. A fantastic answer Played with Dundee United, Coventry, Blackburn and Newcastle Won 53 caps for Scotland Between yes. 1988 and 2001 Did so we mention Martin Buchan? Martin Buchan is an incorrect no, answer I used to get my Puma I used to work for Puma, I'm here oh. I know it's a trivial <laughs> no, nonsense no, you But go, there you, you go, go. 
Did he get, get you? used to give me the Puma Kings. Wee discounts? And I was a, no, freebie, freebie, sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I used to pay for them, I mean, just in case anybody's listening. <laughs> I'm guessing that Colin from Pollock would not be pleased if Alfredo Morelos uh, left for a freebie. He is on the line right now on Clyde One Super Scoreboard. What's your question for the panel, Colin? Hi, guys, how you doing? Good, Colin. Uh, what what my, my point is, is uh, it's a debate about Alfredo Morelos going for like £30 million. Um, in my opinion, if there's guys like Ollie McBurney getting bought for £20 million, then I don't see any reason why players like Morelos and Edward can't get an asking price of £40 million. Uh, The money that is in the, the Premiership and even the Championship right now is it's phenomenal. And these guys are doing it on a big stage. I think the Celtic and Rangers supporters uh, are in agreement with you. However, a lot of people... Have a prejudice built in And that is And I'm doing it in Scotland And the international goals From Odson Edward Are under 21 level And Morelos has scored His first goal For Colombia One uh, These days are playing up On a European stage as well Yeah um, And you, you can't belittle The European stage Because uh, you know, Rangers and Celtic did great things last time out. Celtic in Rome against Lazio, Rangers against Porto. It'll come down to what people are willing to pay. You know, we're throwing about. Me personally, I think 30, 40 million pounds for any player is just crazy money. That is just crazy money. Yeah. But in today's market, yeah. I think that if you're going to be throwing money about what, 20 million pounds for Ollie McBurney, who I don't rate as a player, I think he's rotten. But if you're going to put Ollie McBurney, Morelis and Edward in the same bracket, then these Edward and Morelis are three, four, five times the player as McBurney is. Yeah, you have so to hope. I don't see why you can't get more money for these other two guys than what you're going to get for the likes of McBurney. Yeah, English football is awash with money and... They're all mad I mean Manchester United Have brought out their figures today And they've got debts Of over £350 million I mean how can this be sustainable But They've got the money Television contracts They've got the money uh, I think there's a level At the weekend There was a story That Crystal Palace Were interested In uh, Odson Edward It's the English Premier League He might fancy it He might not For me the, Both halves of the forum Need to base ourselves on Ajax Ajax hold out for Big money for their players like Dillett They're holding out for big money mm-hmm. I think the whole firm should be holding out For big money for their staff assets And I, I personally think £40 million for each of their players Is, is it's, it's a doable Asking fee Colin, I think one of the issues with the Ajax model, which you've just mentioned there, is these guys were competing in the Champions League final, you know, and I think that's yeah, I that, a, a, it's a different kind of proposition altogether. And um, when you look at them, they're very technical as well. But going back to your original point in terms of where Scotland sell players at, I was broken uh, £20 million for Dembele a couple of years ago. It's went up to £25 million more recently with Kieran Tierney. And when you look at other leagues, say Belgium, uh, Greece and so forth, there's a ceiling. Mm. Now, that is creeping up all the while, Hugh, because yep. of demand. And you tend to find that these leagues uh, only attract a certain ceiling. Now, again, if there's two or three clubs in, you may well get more. 
And I think if Rangers and Celtic were to sell these guys, it would benefit them if there was three or four clubs fighting for them because they're more likely to actually throw a few quid on top more. But And I think it's partly to do with the level. And that is no disrespect yeah. to our game because you're looking at with teams like Hamilton, Livingston, St Johnston, you know, and they have to factor all that in. But I think in, in terms of this year in isolation, you look at the Edward. Uh, scoring against some top teams in Europe as well As well as Morelos And I think that raises their profile As it has done for Rangers and Celtic There has to be a built-in guarantee For Celtic and Rangers That they will be able to get somebody If not directly comparable With Edward and Morelos You better come very close to it Because supporters will say Well if you get in good money You better put good money out to get somebody who is the equal of these guys. Well, Colin, I mean, you you mentioned the guy himself. £20 million. Pounds, you could uh, you get two Ollie McBurnies for that, couldn't you, Colin? Oh, you can get <laughs> 20 Ollie McBurnies for that. <laughs> so I'm guessing you're, you wouldn't fancy him as a replacement for Morelos then, no? No chance. I wouldn't put him in a ref Rovers team, never mind a Scotland team. Uh, I mean, look at Oliver Burke as well. You know, he's been all over the shop. Mm-hmm. And his transfer fees... Uh, come to over thirty million pounds so far, oh, and yeah. you know, in the end, up at Celtic, couldn't even get a game because he, he didn't deserve to play. Yeah, thank you. I, 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 I come I back in. Clubs, on you go, Colin. I, I think see clubs that are going to be looking at Morelos and Edward. I think they need to look at the potential that these guys have got as well because they're still young. Absolutely. If you if you're going a few years back, Man United bought Ronaldo for eighteen million pounds back in the day. Because they've seen potential mm-hmm. Surely These two guys have got Bucket loads of potential That's why That's why recruitment directors Are so important yes. You know Celtic get Moussa Dembele From Fulham For £500,000 And sold them For £20 million. Mm-hmm. Morelos cost uh, Rangers I believe A million pounds Yes And will sell them for Whatever A lot more yeah. A lot more I think it was uh, I think it was 12 million Cristiano Ronaldo Signed for Manchester yeah, But, the, the, but the, 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 the point princi- remains The yeah. principle's the same You know you look at uh, Van Dijk's a classic example You, you mm. buy him for a What is it 12 million pound Then sell him for 75 So whoever buys him Will be looking to then Cash in further down the line Because yeah. they've got So much more development Right Colin Thank you very much for your call We are rapidly approaching The end of the show We need to wrap up This teaser So you've got two to get It's players Who've got more than 50 caps for Scotland Never played for the old firm While they won their caps You've got most of them one of them captained Scotland 32 times and won 57 caps the other one captained Scotland 5 times and won 50 caps and the first one or the last one there that I just mentioned scored at a major tournament for Scotland as well you don't have long left lads you're looking at me puzzled with your faces but you're going to have to striking is a correct answer yes Aberdeen Manchester United and Leeds United lovely 50 caps so he counts and can I believe we never get me strength with a clue come on Hugh be on the phone Um, give us the clue again about the last one so he captained his country 32 times and he won 57 caps do you want me to give you you teams Uh we have Leicester City Leeds United and Coventry Gary McAllister It's currently the Rangers assistant manager And it is Gary (sighs) McAllister That is tonight's teaser And that is it for tonight's Clyde 1 at Super Scoreboard My thanks go to, as ever Alex Ray and Hugh Keevings The victorious Alex Ray When it comes to the Breed the Pundit as well We are back tomorrow night With all the build up to the Scotland game We will be at Hamden as well Our reporter will be there And we will give you all the team news As it comes in as well We're on air from 6 We'll be taking your calls 0141 951 102
0225 is a number. It's Stephen Mill in for Gordon Duncan. Have a lovely Monday night, folks. Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Compensation you deserve. When there's been foul play, talk to Thompson's.com.